All right, everybody, we're talking about uh, Season 1, Episode 25 of Star Trek The Next Generation. We'll always have Paris. And this episode's started 41697.9. Opens with the captain's log that told us that fact. Uh, we'll always have Paris. They're en route for, uh, where are they going? So Sonora 8, I believe. Uh, let me see. Where are you going? Where are you? Sonora, Sonora, Saranona, Sarona, Sarona. Oh, yeah, my Sharona. Oh, yeah, I have it here in my notes. Sarona 8, uh, which is uh, a shore leave, something about luxury. Looking forward, the whole crew's looking forward to some diversions. On a personal note, uh, oh, I've allowed myself the luxury of a head start. At first, I thought this was on the holodeck, which I still don't know if it is or it isn't, but because uh, I thought, so it's a Jean-Luc fencing with someone. Uh, so at first, I thought it was a holodeck, and the second or third watch, uh, I realized uh, that it may be a human. Well, it, according to the, the thing, it's Lieutenant Dean. And Lieutenant Dean is a very sweaty person. I mean, he's working hard uh, uh, going against Jean-Luc. Uh, and Jean-Luc sweats, but not as much as Lieutenant Dean. Lieutenant Dean looks like someone famous, but uh, the actor, like, it's not who we think it is. I said, who is that? That's like somebody that's on shows and stuff. Uh, but apparently it isn't. Uh, and then, the, you know, they say on guard. And then, the, the, like, uh, First Lieutenant Dean gets the upper hand on uh, Jean-Luc. This is, yeah, and that's where you see he's sweating much more. Uh, then Jean-Luc gets a point. He says, yeah, that was like the act of a, uh, a desperate man. And, you know, sometimes these things get planted, the themes get planted in the episode for us a little bit. Uh, so that makes it interesting. Right now they're going, a lot of fencing. And, and uh, what do you call that? Uh, it's uh, interesting suits they're wearing. I mean, I know they're protective, uh, uh, but they look very, they're not exact. They're pretty funny. My daughter was cracking up watching it. Yeah, so Jean-Luc just got the upper hand on Lieutenant Dean. He says, yeah, what was that move? The uh, interesting move, sir. What do you call it? Uh, what technique? The technique of a desperate man. Then they go to salute one another, but uh, it repeats. And he says, what technique was that? The technique of a desperate man. Then Dean says, that, what happened there? And Picard uh, walks off. Uh, that's when I thought it was still, um, he calls Riker. He says, something unusual going up there? Riker says, yeah, some kind of loop, boss. Everything repeated itself. Uh, uh, yes, it is. And then I said, did he close it with, uh, is there an actual fencing room on the ship? Uh, then they go to the bridge. Picard's got a maroon towel that he brought with him to DC. I'd say Lieutenant Dean needs like three or four towels. Uh, Data says it was a bit like deja vu, or somebody says that. Computers are affected, though, too, so it was not an illusion. That's what Data says. It occurred in real time. Riker says, call everybody in the sector, see if it happened to everybody else. Uh, uh, then the Pagos miners sending out transmission. They put it on uh, Dr. Paul Mannheim. Yeah, Picard's drying off his sweat, but you could tell he's curious. He says, hey, come get us. Uh, we need some uh, backup down here. 
Uh, coordinates are 667, 28.9. Uh, but not, like we're looking at the window by 07075. Automated single, sing, signal can't contact them, Worf says. And he says, yeah, this is, it's re- repetitive. LaForge, get over there. No problem. I, sir. Uh, Captain, let's figure out this, you know, if these two things are related. Here it says, Paul Mannheim. Yeah, that rings a bell. Fifteen years ago, he was working on experiments. Nonlinear time. Maybe he got successful. Warp 8. I, sir. Warp 8. Engage. And they engage. And episode opens. Uh, then, then we're still back on the bridge in real time. And uh, Picard's bouncing his legs, sitting on the bridge. His legs are crossed. Uh, and we get some exposition. Riker says, sir, I never heard of this Paul Mannheim. Uh, and you could, Picard goes, well, Mr. Data, why don't you f- fill us in, dude? Because you're, like, uh, good at that. I guess Wesley's already at the academy. Uh, and uh, what does Data say? Never heard of Paul, Mr. Data. Uh, so respected scientist, visionary. Uh, several time-related theories regarding time and gravity. Intriguing, but never got wide acceptance. Much like my father, Data said, didn't say. Then Picard starts filling it in. He's like slapping his uh, towel in this weird way, which shows that he's something's on his mind. He says, yeah, team of scientists, Mannheim... They went off to expand the research. Troy's watching him. Really good acting if you watch her in the background. Did you know him? Picard says, well, I knew of him in Paris. Uh, he was a teacher. Uh, I didn't have the pleasure of m- meeting him. But, oh, by the way, I got to go change my clothes real quick. Uh, tell me when we get there. And find out if anybody else felt that distortion. Because I'm feeling the distortion right now. And then Troy says, Captain, could we talk for a second? And he says, yeah. And she goes, probably in private. He goes, no, no, not necessary. She goes, well, you, you know, kind of uh, uh, tripped out when they said Mannheim, intense emotion. He goes, yeah, get to the point. She goes, well, personal, not not, like I could tell it's personal. I don't want to get, you know, but unresolved strong emotion can affect a judgment. Garrett goes, well, the elevator's here. Thanks for your concern. And she goes, well, I'm the ship's counselor. I could help. Uh, she goes, well, what do you think? She says, yeah, confronting deep issues is not easy for you. You kind of suppress things. Uh, you got a few hours to figure all this out, though. Maybe you should analyze your feelings. Uh, use this time till we get there. Put them in perspective, maybe. He goes, thank you, counselor. I'll let you know if I need any other help. Then we have this awful Troy face for about four seconds. Uh, Picard puts his fencing stuff away. Cleans off his sword, even, or his foil. Oh, he pauses and uh, halfway through it. Now, our friend Lauren uh, recommended this episode because it shows Picard's softer side. And yeah, when he's putting away his like foil, it really, I didn't, I missed that scene before. And then he starts to head to the bridge. He says, "Belay that." Takes a deep breath. Uh, how long we got, computer? Till pay goes minor. Two hours and nine minutes. And he says, okay, holodeck three then in that case. And holodeck three, 
he goes up there. He says, uh, this is Picard, uh, new, new, whatever. Or they say, don't worry, nobody's on here. He goes, Paris, Cafe des Artistes, as it appeared 22 years ago. Uh, and he puts his hands to his face. He says, April the 9th, 1500 hours, a.k.a. 3 p.m., warm spring day. And the computer does that. There's birds. There's someone playing a bong harp. I'm not even kidding. It's just some sort of tubular uh, musical instrument. There's somebody FaceTiming. Uh, it's a cafe. Accordion. The bong harp makes accordion music, which I looked up. Uh, uh, due to FaceTiming with screen. This is the first time. Oh, the, the maitre d' says, first time in Paris. Picard goes, heck, heck no. Looks like there's cherry or apple blossoms. Uh, Welcome to Cafe des Artistes. Uh, And then he says, uh, this way. Picard goes, no, 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 that's not how I work. I advocate for my needs. I don't want to sit at this table. I'd like to sit at that one. He goes, oh, sure, we're here to please you. Always. uh, Picard, instead of sitting down, he walks over to the balcony and really soaks it in. We see uh, the um, futuristic Paris, Eiffel Tower, been away for too long, Picard says. He goes, how about some wine and cheese? Since this is a cafe, Picard goes, well, I'm not hungry, even though it's a cafe. I'm here for the view. The guy goes, perhaps hunger is not what is on the menu. Or perhaps you hunger for what is not on the menu. And Picard goes, perhaps not. Uh, Many years ago, I had a rendezvous set up here. And the guy goes, so that's what the holodeck's for, actually. Uh, he goes, right here at that very table. And he goes, your young lady, she did not come? And Picard goes, I don't know. I imagined she came here, but uh, alas, uh, he goes, and the waiter, he goes, oh, you did not. And Picard nods, he says, ah, have a seat, even if you're not going to order anything. Uh, he goes, well, I'll bring you something special, though, even though you don't want anything, because we've got to charge you, but, you know, I need to. Then Picard starts, like, listening in on another, like, a, two two women having a conversation. Uh, like, uh, um, Picard listens in, you know, there was one of the women's waiting for someone. Picard's really staring, and she goes, what do you, she goes, do you know, can I help you? Do you know, we know each other? He goes, no. She goes, do I remind you of somebody? What are you staring at? He goes, no, but not too aggressive. She's really curious. She goes, well, kind of you do actually remind me of someone. And she says, well, he's not coming. Uh, what did I do to drive him away? And Picard goes, maybe nothing. Uh, maybe he had no choice. So this is therapeutic. Maybe he was afraid. She goes, what? Of what? Of me? He goes, being connected. Rooted. And he goes, perhaps if he's as young as you are, he doesn't know what, exactly what he wants to do. But he says, maybe, because even Picard's unsure. And she kind of shakes her head. And then Picard says, enough of this self-indulgence. Exit. Uh, I forgot to ask like when he got it dressed, because he's dressed it. But then I said, yeah, because he was in his outfit before. Uh, then we go back uh, to Data. What do we go back to the bridge? He goes back to work now. Uh, and, uh, they go, yeah, Captain, other ones, uh, had the same time loop, same time distortion, like a hiccup. Captain Lalo says that. Picard goes, hiccup, uh, 
Data says incorrect analogy. How so? Hiccup is, uh, you know, when you hiccup, uh, he goes, this body function would be best represented by a, and then Picard goes, I don't want to know data. He goes, what do you know about the Mannheim projects? Uh, he goes, data says the same thing, gravity experiments. Then Jordy says, we're here, uh, but there's nothing here. And then Worf goes, new cor- it was a relay, now new coordinates, uh, 648 was 13.237, 49, 49.9. Uh, Jordy says that's remote Vandor system, totally out there. Binary star system, B-class giant with a pulsar. Amber Card goes, let's go, let's do it. Uh, Riker says, what's this so hard to find, uh, A? Uh, then, uh, oh, also data and some data, the next scene data and another dude change seats. Uh, uh, Van, Van Dor four is around, you know, you know, something standard orbit. Picard says, uh, hailing view screen on one small planet that's got a force field. And, uh, they say, okay, is it penetrable? No, let's hail them. Uh, uh, hailing frequencies open. He says, this is the captain. Oh boy. Captain almost says Picard. Data and Jordy give each other a look like WTF. He goes, Captain of the Enterprise, where are you? There's a woman's voice. Can you help us out? Uh, you know, just the two of us down here. My husband's sound asleep. Uh, I say, lock on it. No force field can't let us. Uh, only audio. Picard says, you got to turn off your force field, all right, uh, so we can help you. Uh, shut it down. And he says, okay, I'll try. Uh, force fields off. Uh, guard collapse. Great. So lock on. Send them to sick bay. Uh, crusher, get ready. And they say, that's where I'll be. And he goes, uh, number one, data, come with me. Uh, then they go back. Uh, they go, they get on the, the turbo lift, uh, a woman and a, and a guy in like a smock, like a jacket on backwards. Uh, they beam into the uh, med bay, and Doctor Crusher and another person are there to help. Uh, they get right to work because they see that his he, his smock is you know he can't un- we can't get the zip the zippers stuck you know and it's reversed. Uh, they say, "Sarah, will, will you get the zipper unstuck?" She goes, "It's really stuck." Like. Uh, and Picard, Riker, and Data Shop, Picard, just like speechless. Uh, uh, a woman turns and she says, Jean Luc. Uh, Beverly turns when she says that. She says, I thought I knew that voice. Data and Riker share a look. Picard uh, goes, uh, Hello. She says, I should have known it was you. Uh, who else would have came to my rescue? Riker and Data share another look. Data's eyebrows go up uh, and we go to commercial. Uh, then we come back, Riker and Data get introduced. Riker shakes her hand, Data does not. They just nod. Janice Mannheim. Uh, pleasure, Riker says. Uh, I've got some questions for you. And she says, I hope I could help. Um, he goes, let's go in somebody's office. Uh, we'll just sit down in here. Riker sits down at their desk. Uh, and he goes, what happened to everybody? It goes, well, something down there a couple of weeks ago, everybody took off. Uh, 
And I don't even know because I wasn't working there. And a lot of brilliant people, they left uh, uh, left their jobs. She goes, do you know the nature? She goes, well, Paul loves time. Uh, doesn't think it's immutable any more than space is immutable. And over the last decade, he believed there's uh, infinite dimensions and we're only in one of them. And the only reason we're here is because of time. And if we could figure that out, we could open up the windows. Uh, other dimensions, Riker says, okay. She goes, what, have you been having something happen up here? And he goes, yeah. This is light years of effect from your lab. Uh, and she goes, no wonder he, like, zipped up his smock so fast it got the zipper caught. Uh, they say, why are you on Vandor? She goes, I don't know. Paul would know, but, he, you know. Because his revert, his jacket's on backwards, zipped up like a smock. He can't talk because the collar's in his mouth. And then they're trying to get more information out of her, you know, about gravity, what he was up to, that he was close to his theories. Uh, also, Data has to stand the whole time. Picard stands for a little while and sits down, but Data has to stand up the whole time. I didn't know if that was comfortable or uncomfortable for him. And they say, geez, yeah, he took a lot of precautions, so he could have... Uh, before he put, maybe, I mean, of course, if he has a smock on, that's by definition a precaution. And, you know, that, uh, you know, you don't want to spill any paint on yourself. Uh, and he goes, but you weren't wearing a spot smock. And she goes, no, no, I don't. Well, kind of this is like a smock that I'm wearing. But usually I don't go in the lab that he's working in his, his salon. But he was getting cl- more close. He's trying to paint paintings of time and understand infinite dimensions with paint. And then Picard stands. Data had already left the room, apparently. Uh, she goes, I didn't think we'd meet up like this. Uh, and then Beverly rolls in. She goes, you've done so well. Missed you got a starship out in the galaxies. Beverly's like, what? Uh, everything you dreamed of, huh, sweetums? Picard goes, well, not everything. Not everything works out as you hoped. Uh, he goes, anyway, i got to send a team down there. And she goes, it's protected. Uh, you know, to keep it, you know, keep people out of his paints and, you know, dust. And unless you have smocks, uh, certified smocks, then Beverly interrupts. She says, Hey, I got to ask you some questions about, uh, you know, your husband and stuff. Uh, if you'll excuse us. And she kicks, kick, kick, kisses John Luke's cheek. Everyone gives a look. Data has a smirk on his face. Uh, and Picard goes, Yeah, we're old friends. And Beverly goes, Duh. Uh, she goes, I don't know how we're going to, she goes, I think there's some sort of cosmic web, uh, uh, keeping this smock on. I can't get it off. Uh, it's some sort of multidimensional zipper uh, twist and we can't even get the, the collar out of his front of, you know, he, he's knows he has access to, so he's breathing fine, but we can't communicate with him. Uh, then. 1905, what happened? Are we at 1905? I guess, let's see. That must have been when they gave that silly look. Uh, let's go back and just see. 1905. Uh, him and Riker. Oh, they look at something in the wall. Yeah, that was strange. Uh, Beverly rolls up. That was awkward. I put uh, nothing works as you happen. Can't get in the lab without smocks. Uh, thank you. And a kiss goodbye. And uh, then, uh, uh, yeah, I get it. Then Riker, Data, and Jean-Luc get on the turbo lift, and they have, like, a back-to-the-future moment. Uh, 
This is talking about the theories of Mannheim and painting and time and space. And how are we going to figure it out? Like, a day, like there's a time loop uh, where they see themselves. It doesn't go by the back to future rules, clearly, because uh, they see a, a version of uh, Data, Jean-Luc, and Riker behind, behind them in time and space. And Data says that's a Mannheim effect. It's becoming more pronounced. Uh, this is where we started. If we are us, oh, we're us, sir, but also they are us. So indeed, we are both us at different points in the same time continuum. And it's funny, then there's like a little joke because the door opens and they all look in like, huh, anybody out there or anybody on there? What the heck? So that was funny. Then we're in the ready room, fish tank, Riker and Data. And Picard talking about the planet, second lab. It's a studio, actually. There is another studio. Uh, we think we can bring our own smocks, uh, but there's a lot of power down there. They got solar power and geothermal, and we got to figure out uh, maybe something like that's causing the time loop. Uh, also, they're harnessing the energy of the pulsar. But we say we we don't we got to go down there. Riker says uh, Mannheim can't talk. Uh, maybe he's got notes. Also, to answer that question, because his smock is so tight on his arms, he can't write notes at this time. Uh, and they say, okay, well, maybe the like everything else is off down there. And they, Picard says, okay, get going. So they walk off. Picard stays and thinks for a few seconds. Uh, then they go to go, go down there. Well, it comes down to this. I like to that line. Uh, but Worf, Riker, and Data try to scan out, uh, but they're losing integrity at the landing point. Uh, so Chief uh, Herbert tries to bring him back. Uh, there's an ad while he's trying to bring him back. Uh, he's very Matthew Perry. Like he looks a lot like Matthew. He says there's some kind of bouncing effect going on. And they get back and they're like, thanks, man. He goes, you're lucky you made it back. Worf cycles in even a few seconds after they did, uh, which was weird. Uh, delayed arrival for Worf. Then Mannheim is able, is able to get his collar down. But he's like so dramatic, like very uh, over the top, uh, like like an artist in a movie, he's just talking nonsense, or like a sleep podcaster. His eyes open very suddenly. Uh, then he, because he was sleeping, and then he like also the the other Beverly's assistant. He was on his phone, like texting somebody. He goes, "Oh boy, that guy woke up. I should have been paying attention." And he goes, "I don't even remember what happened." He goes. Uh, because you know, remember he goes. He goes. Remember those new paints I got? Uh, and then Beverly comes in. She goes. Paul's like. Uh, uh, he's like. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and he says it's changing time, space. My views. Uh, I'm phasing in and out. And they go. No, you're not. He goes. I've been to the other side. I touched another dimension. And uh, F L A S H B A C K from the you know one you know from magical uh, he's full of silly syllabin is what he is. Uh, my mind is floating between two places, difficult to know which is which. So he's still in a silly syllabin place. Uh, 
then Picard rolls up, yo, Mannheim. And he goes, you the same one? And, and his wife nods. He goes, she told me about you, but not too much. I didn't know, you know, not everything. Thank goodness. Picard goes, it's not good down there. And he goes, we have, and the Picard goes, we got to stop it. He goes, I can't even think straight, man. And they go, doctor, this is data. Can you just tell him what's going on? He'll be able to handle it. Data goes, I know all your theories, time, gravity. Guy goes, how's that possible? It's hilarious. It's not supposed to be a hilarious scene. But there's just something about the way he's, he's like, on, he's just having a bad, like, journey, if you know what I mean. And uh, so it is kind of hilarious. Uh, and then he's trying to talk to Data. Guy says, how is that even possible? His voice, uh, I'm not even fully versed in all my theories. Data goes, I'm an android. That totally blows the dude's mind. Uh, he's like, and what? How's that possible, man? Whoa, boy. Hush, my mellow. He goes on a Starfleet vessel? Yeah, just I'm special. Only one. Picard backs him up. He goes, your knowledge is useless. Uh, he goes, most of my theories are obsolete. Data goes, let me lay this on you, man. Dynamic energy source? He goes, oh, you get it, man. And he goes, center of the planetoid, we got to get in there. Paint your way inside, Data. Data goes, okay. And he goes, pulsar energy, planetoid energy, open to crack in the window. He goes, remember that TV show? Just like that, crack into another dimension. And then they talk about the, he goes, wait wait a second, this isn't confined. Uh, And Data goes, no, several thousand light years out. And he goes, you got to shut this down, man. He goes, it is silly. He goes, this is a cosmic, silly, 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 silly time. Guard goes, how do we get in there? Where, where do we get some smocks? He goes, oh, I got some smocks hidden. I'll tell you where they're hidden. And you can get those, and then you can go into the studio as long as you have a smock. And then he, like, uh, he takes a breaky-poo. Like, uh, I think he saw, like, pink elephant floating. Then we have Data, uh, Worf, Riker, and Picard talk, and Data says, okay, well, we got to get predict the time, you know, timing of these incidents. Uh, we got to seal up that dimension because before it gets too big and we can't, none of us can perceive reality. He goes, Worf, make sure those, like, see if you can make sure those uh, smocks are ready and working. The integrity of the smocks is everything. And then uh, Janice comes in, and they say, oh, boy, Janice Mannheim. And she goes, can I have the room? Picard goes, oh, yeah. Everybody leaves. She smiles. Hands behind her back. Uh, She goes, I knew you wouldn't come to me. And he goes, not under these circumstances. Uh -uh." She goes, we got unfinished business, Jean-Luc. And they stand on opposite sides of the room. He goes, yeah, we do. She goes, why didn't you meet me that last day in Paris? Uh, Picard sighs, thinks. He goes, yeah, I was afraid. And she goes, I didn't want this. Uh, he goes, what? She goes, I don't want the truth. Uh, make something up. Uh, a soft, painless one. And Picard goes, oh, I got the days mixed up, a Tuesday and Wednesday. Or I went to the Cafe Moulin, said the artiste. Uh, she goes, or was it raining and you couldn't find a cab? And he goes, uh-huh. This is advanced level subtext for this. I love this. Uh, 
And then she goes, by the way, I waited all day. It was raining. Rained the rest of the week. And she goes, even went to Starfleet headquarters to find you, and you were already shipped out. And she goes, come on, Jean-Luc. Time to spill the beans. What happened? Tell me the truth now. And he goes, it was fear, fear of seeing you, losing my resolve. Uh, fear of staying, this is losing myself, um, walking, fear that neither of these choices was right, uh, and either would have, and she goes, no, day didn't go by, when I didn't look up at the sky, and wonder, wow, wow, wonder why, my Jean-Luc went away, puts his fingers to his lips, uh, he says, each time I returned to earth, uh, my thoughts were filled with you. She goes, I thought a lot of this over the years. And she goes, you're leaving out your greatest fear. The real reason you left. Uh, and he goes, well, what's that? Uh, and she goes, that life with me would have made you ordinary. And actually, this actually pays off with Paul at the end. Not in the most uh, clear or best way, but of her choices. And Picard laughs uh, really heartily says, geez, you're wonderful. You know me better than myself. Uh, you could see right through me. And there's like music. Uh, he goes, yeah, am I that transparent? She goes, only to me. Uh, then it goes back to an ad. We see the ship like an asteroid and the stars. Uh, we're back in the med bay. Beverly's working hard. Paul's like snoring. He's like out cold. She actually pets his head to kind of comfort him when he's like having a bad dream. She goes, geez, I wish I could talk to you, man, or talk some sense. You're just like uh, not making any sense. Uh, yeah, she's very nice. He's like uh, kind of like a dog when it can't sleep. And like make, Co makes those kind of noises. Deanna rolls in. She says, Deanna, what's up? She goes, yeah, I wanted to check on him. And she goes, no changes, nothing I do just so, so makes a difference for anybody around here, Subtext City. And she goes, is that why you're here? She doesn't even turn around. She has her back to Deanna. And Deanna says, well, I thought I was the empath. Uh, then they go into her office. They should have like a, like a couple, uh, you know, but she's working. She goes, are you really okay? She goes, what do you mean? And she goes, this is like, uh, this guy's, you know, like gaga goo balls. Uh, and she goes, I don't want to talk about the other stuff, if you please. And she goes, Captain McCarty, and she goes, I can't compete with the past, okay? No one could. And Deanna goes, well, she's a real person, by the way. And uh, Beverly says, well, he sees a person from the past, and I got to get back to work. And then they have, like, Deanna takes a big breath for a few seconds. Uh, Then we're back on the bridge. Data's figuring out the next time distortion. Uh, Crusher says, Mannheim's awake, wants to talk to you, Jean-Luc. So Picard goes down there, and he's, like, just coming out. He's a little bit groggy. Yeah, Picard goes, what's up, man? And he goes, uh, I'm not sure I gave, I gave you all the info. I don't even really know where this, I'm not positive I know where the smocks are anymore. So Picard goes, okay. And he goes, you really wanted to tell you about Janice. 
Also, he still has a backwards shirt on, a smock on. Still haven't been able to get that off. Uh, he goes, every shirt in this universe is going to be reversed, uh, and everybody will be stuck with stuck zippers if we don't get to the bottom of this. Ambergard goes, okay, we'll figure this out. Let me just take a deep breath. Uh, and then he says, take care of, make sure my wife doesn't have a reverse shirt smock stuck with a zipper if you can. They haven't, you know, it's been a lot of, not a lot of ups and mostly, you know, like roller coaster with me. You know, I'm too much of an artist. Uh, uh, don't deserve her kind of thing. She deserves better than me, like, a, you know, Starfleet captain type. Ricard says, you underestimate her. I know because I once did. And so then Picard walks off. And Mannheim slowly lays his head down. Then Picard and Data are in the hall. Data's talking still about the time distortions and reprise and uh, specific points of time. Where we are, where we were, where we, where we will be. Here goes Data, I want you to do a solo, man, because of the smock situation. I don't want to send anybody else. He goes, yeah, it's reasonable. I'm a machine indispensable. Your guard goes, indispensable. That's not why I'm sending you. I'm sending you because you can control things uh, in the efforts of a time distortion. Data goes, yeah, that's tr- true. I see time as a constant. You see it as flexible, you humans. And see expression, time flies when you're having fun. Which until to, 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 till, till now always confused me. And Picard says, I want you to put a stitch in time, which also gets paid off at the end of the episode. Also thought that would be a good Data After Dark novel, an away team of one. Uh, or, you know, like uh, TNG, TNG After Midnight, an away team of one. So Data says, I'll go immediately. Good work, Data. Uh, Jordy's there to help uh, the other dude, Matthew Perry looking dude, to do it right because he didn't do it right last time. Uh, plus, Data's his best friend. Data energizes out. Uh, he ends up in what looks like a bank lobby with uh, ATMs. And then, right out of like a uh, Mannheim Fish's song, A Sin of a Mule starts playing, like where it goes, I hate laser beams. And Data has to dance to the music. Uh, and, oh, yeah, Mannheim wakes up. He goes, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention the laser beams and the fish music, which kind of makes you, uh, you know, goes along with the, the you know, the distortions. Uh, and Data goes, even the music is distorted down here. And then Mannheim says, wait till you get to the black lights, man. It have a whole black light room next. Uh, so Data goes into the black, there's like these fluorescent tube, black light tubes. Data has to go through those, and he's in this black light day glow room. And he's like totally speechless and uh, like, holy cow, uh, this actually looks pretty cool. And then there's a commercial, and then then after the ad break, uh, uh, Data works his way into the lab. Also, I noticed data types with, I think, his left hand. Let me confirm that up here. Uh, and he's watching the, the like, the, there's this thing that sprays paint out, which Mannheim did not really tell us about. That's why you need a smock. So data puts on a smock. Uh, 
and it's it's like a spinner squirting pain everywhere. So Data has to figure that out. He goes, yeah, uh, Picard goes, keep it on speaker, all right? Data goes, sure, boss. And he goes, this is some sort of uh, instrument, music, lights, fog machine, spinning paint. Uh, he goes, I got to get a countdown to see when the next time it all kicks on at the same to distort time. He goes, okay, about uh, one minute, 30 seconds. So uh, they go, what's next, Data? He goes, well, I got to collect the paint, uh, a specific amount of antimatter to realign the thing so it's not spinning and spraying the paint around, theoretically, but I don't know if that'll actually work. So then he opens up the antimatter. That was with his right hand, though. I didn't look at the other one. He gets uses this clamper thing to get out some antimatter, which uh, has an orange light that turns, and then a red light that goes on when you have it clamped. Uh, he goes, I got to do this exactly the right moment, right when they say, son of a mule, watch out where you go. Take your laser beams away. So, Jordy, I need a countdown. Because I got the antimatter moving towards the opening at the end of the lab. Because I got a few seconds here. Uh, Jordy, countdown on my mark. Uh, gets close. Uh, then the paint thing starts spinning up. The fog machine starts. Then there's like three datas. Uh, as Jordy's counting down and it's echoing. So you can't tell which data's which, or they go, Captain, there's three of us, and they're all talking to one another. Who, which one of us is supposed to do it, man? And Data goes, we don't even have a smock on. And they go, oh, yeah, we're getting covered in paint. And then the middle data goes, it's me. I got to drop it. Uh, so they all go up, and they merge into one, and they collect, they drop the antimatter, collect the paint, and the machine disappears. And they're like, Data, you okay? He goes, yeah. And they go, is it closed up? He goes, well patched, sir. Closed indicates a permanent condition. I cannot guarantee. Guard, they get a low shot of Picard. He goes, patched, well done. Get back here, man. Stitched in time and stitched in time. Uh, then we go back to the ship. Uh, oh, we did not understand how Data knew uh, what, uh, which Data was supposed to do it. Uh, then we go back to the Enterprise, and Mannheim is with Beverly. And she actually lets him look at his medical records uh, right in the lab. She goes, you're amazing. You're totally normal again. Not like, uh, you're. I mean, for you, you're normal. And then uh, Picard comes in, Janice and uh, Mannheim reunite uh, at 39.50. Picard has to stand in the background and watch. Uh, he goes, back to normal. And she goes, is he okay? And Beverly goes, for him, you know, maybe some residual ones will come and go. He goes, I feel like it came out a long tunnel again. Because uh, it wasn't like I thought it would be on the other side. Totally different. She goes, tell me about it. He goes, I can't put it into words. Uh, I'm going to have to paint it later. He goes, so vibrant. Uh, and not like anything I've ever been before. I crossed over, you know, because then there was a new kind of life over there. And right as he's about to tell her about it, uh, uh, so I don't know if this gets a call back ever. And he goes, how's my studio, Picard? 
fog machine still working? He goes, oh, yeah, still working. Uh, then she goes, are we going back? And then he does this promise. He goes, oh, we learned too much. Uh, he says, uh, you know, I know. He goes, we owe it to everybody to go back. And, you know, I got to get back on the other side again. And I've made, you know, those of us that have walked this road. Because he goes, we're going back. She goes, yeah, we're going to go back. He goes, promise it'll be different this time. And uh, Picard goes, yeah, sure, it will be. And so does she. And he goes, maybe the Federation will want to help you uh, uh, if you really, if, if this is a thing, you know, really. He goes, thanks. Oh, this is when he says, this time it's going to be different, baby, you know. This time I'm going to, you know, uh, I'll, you know, I promise. Uh, but she laughs. Uh, she goes, this is the way it is, babe. We're in love. Uh, you said my life would never be dull. And it never has been. Never was ordinary to pay off of the other thing. Then they kiss cheek to cheek. Picard kind of stares. His eyes go down. He kind of doesn't have a frown. Uh, then Troy brings uh, 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 um, Janice to the thing. Continue the program. And she goes, go ahead and enter when you're ready. Oh, 4130 is when Picard face. uh and she goes down the holodeck. She goes, what? How is this possible? Maybe she's never been on a holodeck before. Paris, there's a flower shop there. Bong Harper is still there, is there too. Mater D says, Madame, Captain is waiting for you. Guard's dressed. He sits, there's champagne on the table. She goes, this is so real. And the guy says, you know, whatever, enjoy things. She goes, tell me how you did it. Don't tell me how you did it, Jean-Luc. Uh, this is perfect. Uh, it's as if we really were there. And he grabs some champagne, pours two glasses of champagne. He goes, I always wanted to say goodbye properly this time. And she kind of stares at him uh, and he hands her a glass. He says, I shall always picture you here. And they clink glasses and they take, each take a sip. They kind of, he takes a gulp. Uh, she goes, you'll always come charging to my rescue. He goes, I'll do my best. And she sighs and she says, goodbye, Jean-Luc, uh, be well. And then, and he goes, and you too. Thank you for Paris, she says. And she puts her drink down and walks off. And the Picard holds his champagne glass in two hands, one around the glass part and one around the bottom. Then she says, well, so much for my dramatic exit, because, you know, i got to walk through this freaking door. And uh, let's see, so, yeah, let's see, 4401. So then we see the Enterprise again, not, and then a 4401. So this is definitely worth it. If you go to four, oh, 4348, so not 4401, uh, he's really good. Because Picard walks onto the uh, deck of the ship, and or the bridge, and they've already been talking about him. So everybody's like, oh, no. Uh, you could see everybody's stone-faced. Uh, and he goes, is anything wrong? And they go, no, 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 nothing at all, sir. And they go, close for Serona 8. We got to get our shore leave in. He fixes his shirt, sits down. You know, everybody's sharing looks. He goes, yeah, get over there. Warp 5, engage. Oh, I forgot. Picard also pointed her off when he said goodbye to her. And then there's this, this nice little button at the end. I don't know if that's what you call it, but uh, 
after he says engage, Riker says, what's the name of that club there, man? I love that club, but the blue stuff. Uh, and Deanna says, it's across from Zanzaman's dance palace. And Picard goes, uh, Blue Parrot Cafe. Goes, we're going to hit it up. And Deanna, you're buying. And then everyone's happy at the end. They say, oh, we got our captain back. Uh, and they head off into space. And that's the end of the episode. Good night.